The following is an It Was a Thing on TV special. All right, so we've been teasing this forever. And now, finally, it is here. The first ever It Was a Thing on TV Hall of Fame class. Now, how are we going to explain how this works? So, what we did was we decided for the first class we were going to have 12 nominees. We had three unanimous headliners that we would consider first ballot. And then we chose three inductees of our own for each of us. Yeah, three each, yes. All right, so we're going to go one at a time from our list of three, and then we'll go to the headliners last. Yes. So, uh, Mike, you can go first. Okay. My first selection, we've talked about him numerous times. I don't think we've ever talked about him in a starring role. No, not necessarily in a starring role, but even in a supporting role. Usually we talk about him as a guest star. The only time I think we've talked about him in a supporting role was uh, Ace Crawford Private Eye, I do believe. Yes. But we've mentioned him numerous times. First and foremost, uh, I think we've referred to him, (laughs) it has to be at least a dozen times, for being on Super Train. But we talked about him and another short person being dressed up as the president. And the person I'm referring to is Billy Barty. I think well deserving. Oh, yes. He's perfect for the first ever inductee. An all-time legend. Absolutely. And really, let's be honest, Billy Barty, he was in UHF. And what more needs to be said? Chico, you have any thoughts about Billy Barty? Billy Barty is an absolute legend. He has a very, you know, you look at him and you think he only plays one character, but the thing of it is, he's got this diversity of characters and this diversity of roles, and he can play pretty much anything. He was the Peter Dinklage of his day. Wow, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. Peter Dinklage. Okay, Chico, let's have your first pick. Now, uh, I kind of sort of went homer on this first pick because he's done a lot in his career. He was on Parker Lewis. He had his own show. He was basically playing a pastiche of himself a lot on television during the 2010s and the 2000s. But mostly, I put him on this list because he was our very first celebrity fan he found us on twitter when we did his show nightstand with dick dietrich which if you ask me is one of our top five shows nightstand with dick dietrich i'm talking about tim stack or as he calls himself tv's tim stack and the only way he found us i believe he actually has some sort of alert on his Echo or, or Google device. Whenever something online mentions Nightstand, it alerts him. And that's how he found us. From talking about Nightstand. If that's not the greatest thing ever, I don't know what is. That's awesome. <laughs> Does he? I wonder if he also has an alert for when someone mentions Son of the Beach. 
I guess we're gonna find out now, aren't we? That was a very underrated show, Son of the Beach. Oh, yeah, that was a great show. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Especially the Alan Thick episodes. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Well, it came from Howard. I mean, come on. Right. Oh, right. Howard and Tim Stack. That's all you need right there. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. There you go. Okay, right. Greg, who is your first? Well, okay. My first nominee, the first inductee from me for the Hall of Fame. And guys, what more needs to be said about this man? One of the great baddies in the history of Walt Disney Pictures and the man who invented the super train. I'm talking about the one, the only, Keenan Wynn. He has more money than he knows what to do with and he's going to use it to build a train. Oh yeah, not just any train. A, a power train that goes from New York to LA in 36 hours. And we even made a reference to him on the Fluffy Dogs episode. Yeah, because the villain was basically uh, looked like Keenan Wynn. No, there, there's no two ways around it. He looked like Keenan Wynn. Oh, and Mike, you're not going to believe this fact I found, okay? Mike, are you going to believe this? But do you know who he was related to by marriage? Oh, I, I, I think I've read this, but refresh my memory. He is related to, by marriage, the Hudson Brothers. Okay, now that wasn't what, what I was expecting. No, I was not expecting that. Yes. Did you just want to make a Hudson Brothers reference or something? Yes. Okay, just making sure. They, they were nephews by marriage, yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. So, so how did that work? Keenan Wynn was married to I guess one of so. their aunts, aunts or something? Yeah, I guess so. Jeez. Oh, oh uh, I'm gosh. looking I'm looking at this right now. Uh I'm looking at Bill Hudson's Keenan it's on Bill Hudson's Wikipedia. Bill Hudson's uncle by marriage was Keenan Wynn. Keenan Wynn was married to Charlie Hudson. Do you know what this means? What does it mean? Kate Hudson is Keenan Wynn's great niece once removed. I think. Yeah, and I guess Oliver Hudson's his great nephew. Once removed, yeah. Once removed, yeah. The things you find out on this podcast. And if anybody asks, you heard it here. Who would have thought that one day there'd be a podcast with Jack Buck's son and Keenan Wynn's great nephew? (laughs) Because Oliver Hudson does a podcast with Joe Buck. Oh, boy. Also, who would have thought one day there'd be a podcast with Keenan Wynn's great-nephew and the play-by-play man for Monday Night Football? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, (laughs) The Super Train, let's be honest. Who would have ever thought of something as magnificent as the Super Train? And also, we've talked about Keenan Wynn 
in a couple of episodes because he was in Kolchek the Night Stalker and The Last Precinct. Yep. So, it's not just Super Train. I mean, come on. And also, what a he was such an awesome villain in those Disney movies as Alonzo P. Hawk. I mean, come on. Yes, indeed. All right. Oh, Mike, now it's time for your second nominee. Okay, my second nominee, I believe we've only talked about this person on two shows thus far. But I think this person's impact, it could be attributed to somebody who we're going to name later on. But I think in the the, the scheme of things with our podcast, this person has more of an impact than, let's say, what he does uh, on a regular basis, if that makes any sense. I think once I say the name, you'll be like, okay, that makes sense. And the name is Daryl Isaacs, the Kentucky Hammer. We talked about him on uh, the Hometown uh, Commercials uh, show, which uh, the first one, uh, episode 98, I believe. And we just talked about him within the last month to month and a half, uh, talking about just the other Super Bowl commercials of Daryl Isaacs. And really... I think it goes beyond that because I showed Greg and Chico within the last like week to two weeks, there was actually a segment on CBS Sunday morning about lawyer advertisements and how they've become very untraditional. Yeah. And one of the big names that they had in there was Daryl Isaacs. Plus also he's not the only hammer out there because at least according to uh, the, the piece on CBS Sunday morning, we have the Kentucky hammer, we have the Alabama hammer, we have the Illinois hammer, and we have not one, but we have two Texas hammers. I don't think I've heard of an Ohio hammer, so the you hammer has not here yet. I'm sorry? You could be the Ohio hammer. I'm the Ohio hamburglar. Robble, robble, robble. Robble, robble. Okay. All right, so Chico, your second nominee. Okay, I'm going to just get this out of the way right now. Every time we do one of these things, I'm going to try and find an animal. In this particular case, my animal is a tin dog. I wanted to do an actual dog, but I couldn't find anything that had sort of the gravitas of this tin dog. But it is one that we covered on. We made reference to this character on a lot of episodes, and we actually gave him his own episode with uh, Sarah Jane Smith, if you if you remember that. Oh, yeah, K- went- K-9, coming, which means we'd be talking about K-9. Yes, K-9. And we a mentioned him. A girl's yes. best friend. But we also talked about him in episode 99, Chameleon in Doctor Who, because basically Chameleon was supposed to be like the next version of K9. But no. Remember, Chameleon is not a robot. He's not much, a robot. He's not a robot. In much the same way that the fluffy dogs are not dogs. Are not dogs. So, Chameleon's not a robot. The fluffy dogs aren't dogs. But K9 is a dog. Solid state. State of the art in 1981. It was cutting edge, K9. 
Yes. I thought I really thought that was a lot later than 1981 uh, until I saw the show. I thought that was like closer to like 87 or 89. So good job with the technology in, in the early 80s. Yeah, and also Bob Baker, he did a magnificent job with K9. Mm-hmm. And John Leeson, his voice is iconic. Oh yeah. Still doing it today on Big Finish, by the way. But yeah, K9, legend and perfect for our show. So, Very okay. much so. All right. So I'm going with my second nominee. And well, Mike, you brought up Daryl Isaacs. Well, there's only one other commercial icon in the hometown commercial series that eclipses him. And that is the one, the only, Crazy Gideon. And truth be told, I chose Daryl Isaacs because Greg chose Crazy Gideon. Yeah. When I first saw a commercial of Crazy Gideon, I thought to myself, oh my God, when we talk about this man... This is going to be like one of the best things we've ever covered on this podcast. And when I showed you Crazy Gideon, you all were like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Because <laughs> the very first image we ever saw of him was him just throwing a television and smashing it to the ground. <laughs> and just being like, look at all these crazy deals i got a vcr dvd player for like 60 bucks a cd player for 30 dollars if you don't buy from me you have a problem with your head and then he yells hurry before i change my mind (laughs) riding around in a razor scooter saying hurry before i change my mind hurry before i change my mind Oh, God. And then, I'm sorry, one of the things that we added into uh, when we talked about Crazy Gideon was the beer. You remember oh, yeah. when they went to the bar and he had his, his beer that was named after him? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that was the craziest thing ever. Hey, guys. Guys. Yeah? Would you believe that he did another spot for the bar? During Are you st- kidding me? For the st- during the start of the COVID pandemic, do you want to see it? Well, I do want to see it. That's a stupid question. Do we want to see it? Yeah, of we want to see, see it. All right, here we go. If you want a good hamburger and the best beer in town, you come to our district, boy. You know why? Because this is amazing. I'm going to eat the hamburger now. <laughs> Look at the hamburger you get here. Burgers and booze to go. <laughs> Continue. There's still nine seconds left. I no, want to see the rest it. of it. That's it. Really? Oh. Yeah, I wish we had more Crazy Gideon, but no. You need but... more Crazy Gideon in your life. But the best part is okay. the, the instant replay of him putting the hamburger in his face. Yeah, he, he like put the crazy and Crazy Gideon. Uh, I mean, obviously smashing TVs and computers and whatnot like he did. Yeah, that's crazy. 
but just seeing him basically like take a hamburger and just like throw it in his face. That's how you advertise a burger place. In that is how you okay. advertise a burger place. And by the way, that place is actually in the former location of Crazy Gideon's. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Because I recognize the uh, address. Uh, <laughs> the address. From the commercials, yeah. Oh, no. Wow. Just wow. That must have been a package deal. Hey, we're going to build in the old Crazy Gideon's location, but we want you to do the advertising. And it's great. I mean, come on. It's perfect. I bet it is. It works. All right, Mike, your uh, third and final nominee. Okay, this one really came with a little bit of controversy. I put it on here, and Greg's reaction at first was, really? That person? And I said, yes. There's a great reason why, if you think about it. Now, if you think of any other Hall of Fame, you've got, yeah, you've got true Hall of Famers like Tim Stack and Keenan Wynn and Billy Barty, but you've got, let's say, relics from historic events you know somebody hits a grand slam or or steals a memorable base or throws a memorable touchdown pass even though they're not hall of fame caliber they have something in the hall of fame you guys understand where i'm going with that right yes Yes. okay good we do this sort of falls into that category i chose a person who as far as i know is the only person we've talked about who has at least two IMDb TV show credits and has 100% of those shows as submissions. And we've actually talked about both of them in the past. We've talked about, hey, sit down if you've heard this. We've talked about Super Train. And we also talked about Legends of the Superheroes, both from 1979. And the person I'm talking about is Bill Knuckles. So yes, he's not on the same caliber as like everybody else, but I think his 100% hit rate for being in submissions is a noteworthy achievement. Again, maybe not a lifetime achievement success, but something that needs to be noticed. I get that. I honestly get that. So Chico, you have one more. I do. And this lady, it is a lady, has a run of success, but also a run of shows that we have covered on this show. We have... uh, Don't want to give the game away too early, but she was on Password, as everyone is, eventually. She was on. She was on Trivia Trap. She was going to be on future entries, maybe this time, with Marie Osmond and Ashley Johnson. Hey, anything to talk about Ashley Johnson on this show? Yeah. And future entry, Just Men, coming January twenty twenty three. 
But you would know her for a star turn hosting her own show, which we covered a couple months ago, The Pet Set. It's Betty White, people. You can't have a television-based Hall of Fame without Betty White. Very valid point. It's like, I thought long and hard about that third one, too. I almost picked somebody that I'm pretty sure is going to get into the 2023 class of the It Was a Thing Hall of Fame. Greg, you're third and last. Okay. Well, guys, if you know me during the course of this show, there's one person that I think has been an icon of this podcast from the very beginning. And we pay tribute to him in every episode at the end of every show. And that is a show called Manimal. Wow! Manimal. Starring the one, the only, the late great Simon McCorkendale. Yes, a man who knows the secrets of the divide between man. An animal. A manimal. A manimal. And he can turn himself to any animal. But mostly just a panther and an eagle. Mostly just a panther and an eagle. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it's awesome every time. Don't you agree, Mike? You know, it's been, what, almost two and a half years since we uh, covered manimal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's starting to grow on me. I told you! I told you it's great! Yeah, I, I mean, compared to what we've seen on almost 250 other shows, it's not the worst. Oh, it's By better, than, it's better but, than Blind Justice. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not the worst, but it's not the best. It's very tolerable. Let's say that. Quite tolerable. Yeah, so I can say it's grown on me in a better way than other shows that we've covered. So yeah, definitely deserving. And like you said, every episode, there's a sort of tribute to Manimal slash Simon McCorkendale. Yeah, and also we did mention Simon again in Counter-Strike with Christopher Plummer, which was a... You're right, we did. Heavy favorite on the USA Network back in the day. Oh, yeah. Along with Silk Stockings. <laughs> but yes, Simon McCorkendale. I mean, and also the picture with him in the Falcon. Let's be honest. Is there anything better than that photo of him in the Falcon? No. That is that is Pimp. That is the Legend of Zelda gold cartridge of of uh, TV press photos. Oh, yeah. It's I, iconic, yes. One, I told you, one day I'm going to have that photo. And I'm going to hang it up. Whenever people say it, it's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, the hell is that? That's Simon McCorkendale and the Falcon from Manimal. Wow. Like, you don't know about Manimal? Come on. It's ridiculous, but hey, Manimal one of our early shows, and let's be honest, it's become one of our favorites on this podcast. It really has, yes. 
All right. So that is our three nominees for the Hall of Fame. So that's nine. So now let's get into the unanimous class, which is the headliners. And we'll start with Ed Begley Jr. Oh, yes. Who may or may not be the Zodiac Killer. That is true. But he has found many ways to travel back in time. Whether in a TARDIS or in an old-style car from, like, the 1920s. And where have we talked about him? Let's just start with the obvious, the first one that I think comes to mind. We talked about him in The Cool Kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Match- because he, he was the Zodiac Killer. He was the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Cool Alleg- allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, yes. Now, he, we he, do know they found the real Zodiac Killer, but let's be honest. It could be a lie. Well, the ending of that episode doesn't make me. Th- yeah, that, that makes me think he's the Zodiac. Oh, you see that cold, dead stare at the end of that episode? Oh, yeah. That was the scariest thing I ever saw in my life. He's the Zodiac for sure. But also, we talked about him, uh, I believe it was around Halloween time. He was on De- dead one of night. third of that trilogy. Dead of Night, yeah. With the mm-hmm. story about the uh, car that goes back in time, but also match game Hollywood Squares Hour, definitely. Yeah, he, he was on the week uh, with Saint Elsewhere, and he was on and, week two. Yeah, and also, I mean, if we want to tie Saint Elsewhere into this, we could talk about the Tommy Westfall universe. That's true. Yeah, Tommy Westfall universe is a uh-huh. big theme of our show. So definitely, he's very deserving of the honor. Quite deserving. Yes. But there's actually two other people I think that are even more deserving. Yes. And the second one, the second headliner, has done all the things. He's done guest shots on TV shows as other people, guest shots on TV shows as himself, He's done stuff in his native Canada. He's a reporter. He's a broadcaster. He's a television host. He's a quiz master. He is a friend of Chico Alexander. No, seriously. He's a friend of Chico Alexander. I have the picture to prove it. Yeah, yeah. You're giggling because you know what I'm talking about. Hey, he even questioned Cliff Clavin's wager of 22,000 big ones. So let's take a look and see what your wager was. You bet 22,000 big ones, which takes you down to zero. You bet it all. Cliff, why would you do something like that? Because I knew that those people had never been in my kitchen. 22,000 big ones? 22,000 big ones. Our second headliner is the one, the only, the late, the great, gone but never forgotten, George Alexander Trebek. The pride of Sudbury, Ontario. It's like, we talked about Jeopardy on this podcast. Any excuse to talk about Jeopardy on this podcast, we bring Alex Trebek up. Yes. But we also talked about him on Pitfall. Pitfall? We talk- on Double Dare. Double Dare 1976. What else do we talk about him on? Well, we're going to talk about him at some point when we talk about Battle Stars and the new Battle Stars. We talked about yes. Malcolm because we, we 
Oh, we did see right. Malcolm. We yes, Malcolm. we did Malcolm. Uh, and, and actually related, the Battlestars episode isn't a standalone. It's basically Hollywood Squares ripoffs. Or not necessarily ripoffs, but sort of uh, derivatives. Derivatives. Derivative. Derivatives, yes. Oh, and we talked about the uh, High Rollers finale from 1980 as part of the game show finales of June 20th of 1980. Whatever, yeah, about that. whatever the hell he was doing during that final episode. I don't know if he was drunk. I don't know if he was high. It's one of the mysteries that we'll never know. But you know what? It's one of the greatest final episodes ever of a game show. Maybe one of the greatest final episodes ever. <laughs> Especially the part about the $10,000 fishball when they go to commercial. And when we come back... And we turn, we will. We're going to put something in that fish ball. Fish! (laughs) (laughs) Also, also I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention episode 197, Jeopardy Ties. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Some of the best ties in the history of Jeopardy. And especially one of my favorite moments that we talked about in that episode was the guy in the middle, as which is in the show image, who has the five bucks, and he's got his hands up like, I don't know. <laughs> Did we mention Super Jeopardy? Because I think... Oh, yeah. Bench- yeah, that was the OG Jeopardy on ABC primetime. Before it became like a regular thing that it is now. And we did that episode to coincide with the goat tournament back in 2020. I remember. Yep. And because that uh, reason for that was, Oh, everyone's like, wow, this is the first time Jeopardy has been on primetime on ABC. And we're like, no, 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 no. It was 30 years earlier. It was paired with a game show version of Monopoly. And also it had a Nintendo game. It did. It did, yeah. Yeah. And fun fact, hosted one of the two unaired pilots for Starcade. Unfortunately, the Alex Trebek Starcade pilot is floating around somewhere with the Sailor Moon Toonworks pilot. We're looking long and hard for these things, folks. But last but not least. Oh, yeah. The headliner. And, 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 and really, if you don't know who the last inductee is, just based on the names you've heard thus far, you haven't been paying a lot of attention to this podcast the last two and a half years. We're talking about someone who, let's be honest, when we came up with this podcast in 2019, we were like, you know what? This guy is going to be like the mascot of this podcast. And well, let's be honest, we've had like a couple of mascots of this podcast, but he's the original mascot of this podcast. And he's a man who one day I dream I'm going to have like a giant statue of him in my front yard. And that is McLean Stevenson. And he is like the poster boy of this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what have we talked about him on? Well, obviously, we could start with Match Game Hollywood Squares because he made a couple of appearances on that. We've talked about him on Condo. We talked about him on... How can we forget Hello, Larry? Uh, Hello, Larry was like episode 12. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like episode 10 or 12, right. 
And we're going to talk about him one day on the McLean Stevenson show. I know that's one day, definitely an entry. Yeah, we're going to cover that one day because that was the first of the series of shows after MASH that did not land well. Yeah, we're also going to talk about him on Dirty Dancing as he played a guy named Max Kellerman. No, not that Max Kellerman. Another the Max, other Max Kellerman. Not the Max Kellerman from ESPN. I'm trying to think, where else have we talked about him? Uh, match uh, game, condo. He was one of the people in all of the uh, guest stars on the Love Boat. That's right, he was. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We talked about him last week on the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show. Yeah, he, he was the uh, the uh, host of the fictional TV show where uh, the emu went after uh, him with the, the bird kill, yes. We've mentioned all these shows, and I'm sure there's probably one or two that we're missing. Yeah. But then again, he was no longer with us in 1996, so an extensive body of work, but not really, if you think about it. Yeah. And actually, uh, we could add another show to that list that we've talked about. Uh, the shows that ran one year too long, he was... The regular, besides Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Riley, on Match Game back in like 1981. Ah, there yeah. you go. But yeah, we've talked about him on all these shows, and the thing of it is, we still haven't talked about him in In the Beginning or The Astronauts or Dirty Dancing. The hell's, wait, what the hell is The Astronaut? Oh, that's a TV movie. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, I guess I better put that on the list then. But yeah, it seems like his best work, his best work is ahead of him. So something to look forward to in the future. Because let's be honest, McLean Steven <laughs> but what the moment McLean Stevenson decided he was gonna leave Nash, he gave birth to a podcast. Yeah. Right? Essentially, yeah. And I believe that's it. That is it. All 12 entries of the It Was a Thing on TV Hall of Fame class of 2022. Yay. Can't wait to see what the class of 2023 has lined up. I already have two names. They were this close to being first ballot entries in my book this close but i'm sure we'll see more of them in the year to come isn't that right boys yeah oh for sure but in the meantime you can check out all of our 2021 entries in previous installments at it was a thing on tv.com or of course wherever fine podcasts can be streamed we hope you enjoyed this special look at our Hall of Fame class of 2022. I know we enjoyed bringing it to you because, let's be honest, we can't get enough of these guys. But in the meantime, uh, we are going to call this one a special, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! And now, the first ever... Hall of Fame, highly questionable video. 
You win for all the marbles by sacrifice your own. Your judgment was highly questionable. See, see, you had us very intrigued. Thank you very much for watching my son's crappy TV show of all the videos. These were the happiest.